At Recruitment Mentors, we're on a mission to help as many recruitment consultants as possible to progress their career without limits. If you possess the hunger and drive to want to be the best recruiter you can be, this community is for you. Gain immediate access to some of the best recruitment professionals outside of your four walls that you can learn from to help level up your performance whilst also connecting you with like-minded recruitment consultants focused on growth. We're pleased to announce that we're opening up our doors to the rest of the recruitment industry on the 1st of February. Join our waiting list now at www.recruitmentmentors.com. That's www.recruitmentmentors.com to make sure you don't miss out on the community opening. You can find the link to sign up in the show notes. And now back to the episode. My name is Hisham Azuz and welcome to the Recruitment Mentors Podcast. For the last two and a half years, I have been obsessed with finding out what some of the most successful recruitment professionals and businesses around the world do differently. Having already sat down with over 200 recruiters across the globe, what's clear is every hugely successful recruiter has had help getting there. And on this podcast, it's my job to deconstruct how they have accelerated their recruitment career and remained at the top of their game by uncovering their daily habits, mindset, approach to leadership, and much, much more. My goal with this podcast is for you to listen and learn from these open and honest conversations so you can then apply this knowledge to your recruitment career to ensure you have every chance of maximizing your potential. We are back with weekly episodes on the podcast. We're starting 2021 with a bang. I'm joined by a very inspirational female recruitment leader who has been in the industry for two decades, has had to reinvent herself multiple times throughout her recruitment career. And it was just an absolute joy to uncover her recruitment journey to date. Here is what's in store for this episode. Be your own biggest cheerleader. And I think that stems from having that belief. It's so important to believe in yourself and have that confidence. Um, Because as soon as you start questioning things, I think that's just when, certainly in the early days, you can start doubting everything um, of what you do in the process the system uh, will it ever work will it ever click so that belief for me is 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 huge welcome to the recruitment mentors podcast my name is Hisham Azuz today I'm very excited to be joined by Vicky Richardson who recently got promoted to senior manager and was the top biller in 2020 for Theo James recruitment Vicky has worked in the industry for close to 20 years starting out as a recruiter in 2002, placing office support staff in the Durham area, to now uh, being responsible and managing her own team, um, specialising in engineering and manufacturing across the UK. Vicky, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. I, I love that introduction. Can I just take you with me wherever I enter <laughs> a room now? <laughs> that would be great. I wasn't sure whether to highlight the 20 years or not. I know people don't really like that because it can share their age, but I think it's something to be proud of. Yeah, oldest (laughs) recruiter in town sometimes, I feel like. (laughs) So where I want to start is, in your opinion, what characteristics and traits do you think make up a highly successful recruitment consultant? 
Yeah, it's it's a, a great question. Actually, it's something that we've been looking at really closely just recently at Theo James in terms of our values. And I think that really resonates when we do come to recruit. For me, um, whenever we get anybody new to join the business, they kind of spend some time with, with everybody and they always sort of ask to, to give advice. And I always say, be your own biggest cheerleader. And I think that stems from having that belief. It's so important to believe in yourself and have that confidence. Um, Because as soon as you start questioning things, I think that's just when, certainly in the early days, you can start doubting everything um, of what you do in the process, the system, uh, will it ever work? Will it ever click? So that belief for me is, is, is huge. Um, somebody with tenacity, it, again, I think is is really essential. You've got to kind of have that winning mentality um, and really sort of go after it. So that that passion and enthusiasm. So so lots of uh, lots of phrases there, but um, yeah. So so our values we kind of looked at and we said belief, unity loyalty and honesty were the four really key things and I think that really does say a lot about um, if you're coming into recruitment you kind of need to have those values behind you yeah and what I'd be interested to get your thoughts on Vicky is like how long did it take you to build up that belief and confidence as as Vicky 2002 being a female in the, in the recruitment industry typically obviously dominated by men what what did how long did it take to build up that confidence yeah, it did. I mean, I've got three brothers um, and a dad who worked, my dad worked in in sort of uh, finance sales. So I've kind of had to stand up for myself and have have a bit of balls about me, if, if that's the <laughs> right phrase. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I spent some time at Durham University. I was I was working in the HR department for, for quite a while. So um, working in that public sector to coming into the cut thrust, cut and thrust of, of recruitment was was a huge learning curve for me um little little wins um I think you think right I've got this I, I can do it um but I think I've always kind of I th- I've you've got to come in with a, a degree of enthusiasm about things and and then and then that confidence soon builds yeah it, it's, I just find it interesting I've had a um a couple of people on now recent one was with Gabby, who sort of said that early on she lacked a bit of confidence. And part of that was um, that there was a lack of female role models to look up to, right? It was typically uh, guys who were at the top of the the leaderboard. And um, I also recorded another podcast with Mel who said the same thing. And she sort of flipped that and said, right, well, I'm going to become that female role model, right? So I was just interested on the confidence side because I think it seems like sometimes that could be a little longer to cultivate or foster for some females because there's no people to imitate or there's no people to look up to, right? Or less yeah. people to look up to, right? So that's why I was interested um, on that. So yeah. I was, well, I, I was just going to say I was actually recruited um, in my recruitment career by some really strong female recruiters, um, really inspirational people. So perhaps that's, you know, I kind of, I, I did look up to them and thought, you know, this is this is the type of person that I do want to be or you know if they can do it then there's no reason why I can't um my eldest was two at the time when I joined recruitment so um having having that kind of behind me to go I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make Georgia proud it was kind of like that was kind of my mentality the way I went into it anyway yeah I love that so Vicky what what's made you stay in the industry for so long 
I, I just, I, I, it's a bit cheesy. And my, my husband, um, who comes in and mourns about his job, still can't believe that I actually still really love it. And I, and I genuinely do. I, I love how it's so varied. Um, I love that I can I can make make some good money, um, and uh, I'm still really really passionate about it. And I think, you know, we speak to so many people every day that they're unhappy in their job, and we're t- trying to find them something new. And um, that you know, that's when then that's when I would leave. But I've never I've never you get bad days, but I've never been at that point. I, I still absolutely love what I do. I love that. That's awesome. And that that's that's what we're striving for in life, right? Just to enjoy what we do. So yeah. I, I actually love that. And that definitely comes through whenever I've spoken to you. I guess the, the sort of final thing I want to ask here, and then we'll sort of start breaking down your journey and these things. But what came up for me when I was preparing for this, Vicky, you've been in the industry for a long time. Um, and what I wanted to ask you was like, how has you ensured that Vicky has stayed current, right? And not become complacent in your career because I think that's sometimes even more so if you look at um the sort of recruitment landscape over the last couple of years it it has changed and I think it would be very easy for someone with your experience and what you have behind you to be like I know what I need to do that works right and be less open-minded to potentially be more current or look at could I change this or whatever right so I guess what what have you ensured that you've done yourself to make sure you, you stay current and, and you don't become complacent? Yeah, um, I think I'll, I'll put my hands up and say um, up until four, four and a half years ago, I was very much in that category. You know, I'd, I got um, 14 years recruitment experience behind me, left alone to just get on with it. Um, and uh, yeah, perhaps fell into that category where, you know, I've, I've learned what I need to learn. I wasn't really pushed at all to do anything about personal development or, um, you know, being on, on, on social media and the personal branding element of it. And it wasn't till, um, Mark for me, um, Mark Bracknell, who, who's our director is, is a, is a huge part of my journey in terms of, of that. So we've, um, We've had external trainers into the business that's really kind of helped me and put me out of my comfort zone to say, you know, you don't know everything. There's different ways of doing it. And actually, um, you know, let's approach it in a different way because it, it, it might just help. And I've really embraced that. Um, the, the personal branding on social media, um, when Mark first mentioned about doing videos, I <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely dreading it and my, they were so stifled at the beginning I don't even think I smiled um I was really nervous about it, it was a completely different way of working I was thinking you know how on earth am I going to get to do this and um this journey this part of my recruitment journey I've I've really enjoyed and, and really begun to become to love it again um I, you know I, I'd spent a bit of time recruiting in a different sector and it's kind of it was just quite monotonous but um you know this this part of my journey is is really elevated I would say in terms of um pushing myself out of that comfort zone and saying you know there are new things you can learn and and there's things that you can be doing doing differently and better yeah now good on you for for that so I guess so besides, I guess the, the question on this I want to ask you is like, so clearly people and environment has sort of really encouraged you to get out your comfort zone and, and look at the way of doing things, et cetera. So 
I guess we can think about it if you if someone's listening right now and they might be in an environment that they've been in for a while and there isn't any sort of external things that could push them maybe out their comfort zone or consider to do things differently. Or if you could go back and speak to Vicky and putting the environment and people aside, like what would you com- communicate to those people that may be very prone to being complacent and maybe less open to gaining potential marginal gains or even bigger gains, right, that could take their performance or billings that bit extra length, right? So what would you say to yourself or what would you say to anyone listening that might have, that might have been in that same camp that you was before you went to Theo James? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you, you know, you bang on. I think as well, it's looking how recruitment's changed um, from when I did start. And, you know, you've you've got to keep yourself current. You know, how I recruit is so, so different to to what I'm doing now. Um, the fundamentals are the same, but the, the the extras that we can offer to clients is, is, is um, it, for us, it really elevates uh, our, our their experience and and what we can offer um so what i w- the advice that i would give is is um you can't you can't sit still you know you, you you know you should never you should always be be learning um you know the experience that you've got under your belt it, there shouldn't be a number on there you should constantly want to develop yourself for you and like you said get those marginal gains from um securing that client that you've been wanting or um that you thought you would never win over you actually can do that but you know it might be that you need a bit of help now and again and not being and not being frightened of 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 saying um I'm, i'm struggling and i need a bit of help because you know whether you're a you know directors managers that you know there's always some i think something that they can learn or somebody they can learn from yeah i think what what's massively changed from when i um started this podcast is like there's just way more resources out there now like i think the first part is like having the humility to be like well just not having the mindset of like I've completed recruitment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you get what I mean? And like, yeah. yeah, like you said, being open. And actually, if you can get if you can take that step and then be curious, there's actually way more resources out there now for you to for for things to challenge your way of thinking and um yeah, potentially find out different things that, that could help you. Yeah. Um okay, so how how would you how would you describe your first year in recruitment? Um, it, I was thinking back uh, about this, and I don't. I'm not afraid to say it was a bit of a whirlwind. I felt. I felt like I was. I didn't know if I was Arthur or Martha. I was just all <laughs> over the place. Um, loads to learn. As I said, I, I was at Durham University for four years. Public sector. I had Paulie making my tea twice a day. The little little milk trolley and it was just it was flexi time it was just it was an easy job and it was great and and it great it gave me some exposure to the working life after university but um getting into the public sector and then getting into recruitment is a whole new ball game so there was just so much to learn and um my first role at Hayes um it was a hundred mile an hour again as I said I my eldest was very, very young at the time, so you know I was I was just wanting to be a, a, a good mom and 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 also um, really hit this new job with you know with a, a real bang. So um, put that pressure on myself that you know it's it, this has to work out. This is what I really want to do. Um, so yeah, an all really bit of a whirlwind. But um, I do remember there was a, a call that I'd put into a, a client to do some aftercare. I was doing some uh, the the roles that I was recruiting for were temporary office support roles. Um, and I remember speaking to a client sort of um, asking how that that particular person was getting on but but then following on with a um, 
well, what is there anything else that we can help you with? I've I've actually interviewed somebody quite similar, and I remember my manager at the time saying, um, you know, how how did you know to say that? And um, it, it it kind of was was natural for me to to engage and and have those conversations. So you know that was that was a great confidence boost for me, but. Working in Hayes, there were so many people around me that I could learn from and listen from. I would just want to take it all in. Um, so yeah, it, it was all a bit of a whirlwind, but 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 I think I hit hit it quite successfully and and definitely got the bug from there. Love that. So I've got two things for you. What was what was the best piece of advice that you received in early days of Vicky's recruitment career that stuck with you that re- really resonated and helped you? Yeah, I, I I don't remember any advice particularly. My um, two very good friends have worked in recruitment. One's actually got her own her own business, and the way that they went about things, um, taking accountability. Um, I often heard them speaking to people outside of of working hours, and um, just seeing how they worked. As I said, from from somebody that was doing flexi time, you know, they they clocked off at five o'clock and didn't ever have any calls after that. It was such a different world. So um, I think for me, I learned a lot from 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 my, my two very close friends that are, um, that really got me into wanting to get into recruitment initially. So accountability and hugely, yeah, yeah. changing the mindset of um, yeah, five o'clock, less clock off. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. Uh, okay, and then and then the only other thing I get messages about this every now and again, like, and there's pros and cons, but like, how obviously you've been in the industry for a while now, and thinking of people that you potentially have uh, interviewed for Theo James now and stuff, like, what would you, how, what would you say to people who are considering? working for uh, yeah a company a big business like Hayes compared to uh, a growing organization uh, more of a startup feel small um, smaller of size like Theo James like what what would your advice be to someone that's considering um, entering the recruitment world like what yeah. would you say to them um yeah the, the, I think it, it depends on 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 your, your motivation or your driver really so a big business like Hayes and, and Brook Street were, were fantastic for me and um you know learned so much fr- from there so the training that they gave um you know actual training academies that I had to go to to Edinburgh or or to Luton to um and learn from learn from these um sort of take yourself off off your your, your desk and, and go on and do some specific training and take that time out to learn specifically um I mean they, as I said they were great but for me I think what I love about working for an owner managed business is the work that you're doing really does have an impact on the bottom line your directors are seeing straight away how you're working um I used to get um emails from directors from Brook Street that said oh you've had a great quarter fantastic well done you're on the leaderboard but actually, they hadn't seen um, the days where I maybe had somebody who who dropped out or who didn't go for an interview, and I had to work really hard to to backfill those. And um, yeah, th- that's kind of that. That's what I like. I like, uh, and also being part of a business where you can have an impact in terms of making decisions. Um, you, you, I think you get um, exposure to quite a lot of different things. Working mm, yeah, for, I, for an owner yeah. managed business for sure. Yeah, I, I think especially when. Yeah, you're a, you're in an industry where you really are putting in the work, and um, yeah, being able to actually see how that impacts the business, if that's helping it grow, if that's whatever. I, I think that's what I, I definitely personally really enjoyed about working in a smaller owned um, business and recruitment business. I, that was definitely what drew drew me to it. Um, so, 
what I wanted to sort of focus on then, Vicky, was so obviously, yeah, worked at Brook Street for a couple of years, um, then joined another company that you worked for for 10 years, and then for the last four years, um, and a bit you've been at, at Fia James. So from what I can see in your last two positions where you you spent the most time, you have always managed to accelerate your recruitment career, right? So if that's taking your, yourself from consultant to manager or uh, senior, um, et cetera. So I guess where I wanted to start is like, why, why do you think you managed to achieve that? Why did you, why do you think that you've managed to push your career on like that instead of your colleagues? Yeah, um, for me, um, I, I always give everything. I always jump in to, uh, or I'm all in. I, I go in with. Um, I, I think I always have a that air of enthusiasm about things. Um, you know, as I said, Mark will, will, will approach me about a different idea. I go, yeah, 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 let's do it. Um, and and kind of just trust him uh, that he's. You know, these decisions are, are, are for the better. So I always give it a hundred percent I think I work really hard um I, I, I just buy into it and then um do doing doing the best that I can really I mean in terms of um my journey at core people and and that promotion there was very much about um it was about being recognized um you know so so all of that work you know it didn't go unnoticed I worked closely with with the senior management team and and, and they obviously saw something um at, at Theo James, we've actually just rolled out a, a specific pathway for our consultants to achieve, um, because I think sometimes people don't necessarily know what they need to do to to get that promotion. So that's something that um, we've really concentrated and, and worked hard in in sort of not look not just looking at the numbers, but also looking at the competence be, competencies behind that. So what traits do you need to be demonstrating for you to be considered for a promotion, um, even before you're actually doing it? So um, yeah, it's just giving it, giving it my all, working hard, um, and not really, not really sort of putting my name up, saying, you know, what about me for promotion? I kind of just got on with it and and did what needed to be done. And as I said at Core People, it, it was recognised. And then um, at, at Theo James, again, I, you know, I, I work alongside Mark very, very closely, um, and I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that I'm I'm giving that bit extra um but but not it's not forced it's just something that I, I genuinely want to do anyway okay so had you so as your sort of career progressed then had you always wanted to go into management probably not at the beginning um it was it's 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 one of those ones where you know it, you know it's going to take quite a bit of time is it going to affect my billings um quite a, a selfish recruiter just wanting to to just um embody myself in the work and 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 have that little business like everybody says um but now that i'm in it i i i, I absolutely love it i think there's there's just that extra bit re- of reward that you get um you know where you're praising people you've got a team of people around you um and i love seeing that succeed because um you know i'd like to think that you know i've got an, i've taken a little bit of a part in in helping them towards that i would say at the beginning um it's very much a learning curve i've never had any specific management training um you know mark and previous managers have sort of said you know just just let them follow you and that's all well and good but sometimes you know you've i think you've you've still got to to um you've still got to spend that time with the person if some uh, 
we've had a lot of people where they've had no recruitment experience at all and there's just so much to learn um, and I really want to give people a, a fair shot a, a fair shot at it so um I'm, I'm forcing myself to, to really take time out of my day to, to make sure that they're set up, um, they're, they're, they've got, if they've got any questions, I'm, I'm there to answer them at the very beginning stages. Um, pre, I think previously there's been, um, I would say I've, I've maybe approached it differently. I think I've I set very high standards and I just expect people to, to work towards that. But I, I, I listened to a, a podcast where I think you made a valid point that there isn't another Vicky Richardson there, that, you know, that, that <laughs> they're individuals. So, um, you know, that, that really resonated with me that, you know, you've, I think as well, I, when I reflected, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And, and I maybe wanted it more than they wanted it for themselves which you know it just was never going to work that way so I've kind of eased off the gas a little bit and, and not being like oh you know that that job title needs to have capital letters or, or whatever or you know you've got to bring that client straight back it's really just letting them find their own style of things of doing it but also really trying to um just being there as a support um there's processes that we do so um I would always check in on them before half eight and I always check in on them at lunchtime just to see how the day's gone and and at the end of the day not too long but just touching touching base and if I hear a good call then I'll always give them praise and um you know I, I love that part of the job where it's that coaching and development and seeing them you know hitting their targets and stuff that there, there, there is a it's a great feeling so what what would be so if I'm listening right now I might I might be sort of early on that sort of uh, leader trajectory and, and sort of learning as I go like you said it's um you haven't sort of didn't receive any sort of formal training I think a lot of people can relate to that so I guess what would be your like I don't know three best bits of advice for someone that is sort of early on on that leadership career still billing still responsible for their own billings but now responsible for a team that's growing and they've got to get the most out of them like knowing what you know now and the clearly things that you've improved on like what would you what would be your three bits of advice for those people? I would say um, make them aware of your expectations early on. How, uh, you know, explain to them how you work. Um, whether that is, um, you know, that you, you um, there's a, a a degree of time where there's that training, um, and that you know you're there as a support. Um, secondly, I would always t- say to take time out um, to make sure that they're not sort of suffering in silence because some people are they, they are you know as much as people will say you know ask any questions you know no questions too silly I think there's been instances where people maybe haven't put the hand up and they've they've kind of they've been they've been uh, suffering a little bit so um you make sure you do spend some time and, and make sure that they are okay and third of all thirdly I would say um take them outside of the business, um, you know, find out what their motivators are, find out what their whys are, um, let them talk in an open forum, if you like, that they're not in the office and, you know, where people are listening to what they're saying, letting them have that time to talk freely. We do um, walking Wednesdays. So we have a, just a walk around the block on a lunchtime and just let people um, express their frustrations, maybe, uh, if there's anything just, that they need any help with. Just create a free space for them to talk yeah. about. Which isn't just like, yeah, Vicky, I've sent out this many CVs this week or whatever, right? It's just a bit of free space to, yeah, I, I love yeah. that. Because you can pick up on different things and you've got them in a yeah. different environment yeah. and can pick up on different things. We do um, we do 
consistently monthly reviews there isn't a month go by that I that I don't sit with them to reflect and review on the month and talk about a plan for the coming month um and and I think having that structure as well really benefits them and me as well so that you know I'm doing my thing but at the at the same time I still want to make sure that I'm supporting them and um offering that advice um but it's difficult, you know, to to make sure that you you're still consistently billing on your side of things. You know, I've got targets to meet as well, um, and and trying to get that balance and making sure that they've got the help that they need. But it does it's it's just short term pain for long term gain. I think um, it's conscience consciously making that decision to spend that time because it will pay off if you believe in those if you believe in those consultants and you obviously do because you've recruited them. Then um, take the time to spend them. Or, or make the decision that they're not they're not going to fit in uh, and and you know make decisions from there. But um, yeah, yeah, the team that I've got right now are fantastic, really, really right. good. So, so just a couple more things on leadership, and then I'd love to sort of um, just get your thoughts on um, just your experience around client development and and things like that. So, so firstly, um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is a question that I got sent through was just like, how has Vicky developed her communication skills as a leader and how is that? And I'm sure you've had to sort of change and, and change those during this period as well. So I guess, how have you developed your communication skills as a leader? Um, I, I would say they have changed. Um, I definitely take, take a step back or take a, a moment before I react um as I said I've got quite high standards and I need to appreciate that people are going through a learning curve and you know then they're, they're not automatically gonna either know the answer or um approach things in the way that I would they've they've got to find their own style so um perhaps being less jump jump on them with a with a reaction but right um, I, I definitely think I approach things in a different way. I'm, I'm, I would say more calmer. I don't think I'm too aggressive, but there's been times where maybe I've reacted in, in a different way than what I should have done. Um, but again, I, you know, I, it's, it, I've, I've definitely gone through a learning curve for sure. So it's, it's that whole thing, isn't it? So what you're saying there is like you've developed your communication skills by giving yourself space to think or process before you react. Yeah. It's that whole thing sometimes, you know, when we've all been in that situation where the client has just done done us over or done something that is just not fair play. And you've written that email straight away. You're about to send yeah. send you like, fuck, right, maybe I should wait. Maybe I should sleep on it before I send that email. Do you get what I mean? So it seems like that's Definitely. helped you then to become better at deciding how you communicate. Yeah, definitely. And and also putting myself in their shoes is is a big thing for me. Um you know, not everybody's worked in recruitment for a lot. They they don't know. You know that they, they they are learning, and it's just just having that appreciation before I then respond. Um, and 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 that for me has been a big win. You know, I th- I think I'm I'm definitely a more effective manager. I think people respond much better to to that way. As I said, it was never too much, but I might. I might just pick up on things that maybe just don't need picking up on. Um, don't sweat the small stuff is something I've definitely learned. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, it's, 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 um, I'm getting there, I would yeah. say. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then just the, the final thing really is, because I, I, if I look at 
sort of um mark and you guys you guys seem like really sort of quite open and transparent as a business um and what i just wanted to ask you was like how have you also gone about getting better at sort of recognizing um people in your team people that you managed who may be struggling mentally or just having their own personal struggles right i think even more so again during this period that's something that managers have had to try and work out and get better at and can can be made more difficult if you're doing it for a screen so yeah. i guess um what's been your journey with like yeah just helping or noticing as a manager any of your team that may be struggling mentally if that's with personal things or just finding the the job really difficult and sort of get better at that what's been your journey with that i don't know if anything um has helped you on that journey or worth sharing for people yeah um uh, you know the culture for the culture that we've got at Theo James uh, for me I've not worked in a better culture I think it's it's been great obviously I'm biased we do have a group whatsapp that we're constantly messaging um about um I don't know jobs that we've seen or um candidates that perhaps can cross over into a different area and sharing that information so th- that's that's constantly on the go um they'll they'll be you know there's often occasions on an evening where I'll I'll message somebody that I've seen maybe he's a bit quiet on the day or you know just to see how they are um and I think that's really important you know we we are like we are like a family you know we spend so much time uh, you know at work we're all very different personalities and but it does work really well um and you know if I can offer a support where you just want to rant or, you know, you're perhaps struggling a little bit, then I am here. If you don't want to talk, that's fine. But I have noticed and, um, you know, I, you know, I'm here kind of thing. Um, and I, I, that's something that I think is important to do. Um, just make them feel a little bit like, you know, somebody's noticing and and, and that there's there there's there's help there if they need it. Sure. So, yeah, okay. So just making sure people know that's the case that can encourage people to share or open up or whatever okay yeah because I mean it, we've got uh eight, eight people in the office and it's it's constant and and you can hate you can you can tend to see the people that, that go a little bit quiet or you know every everyone's got got things on but you know you can you kind of notice things um and um yeah it's just a a, a quick message just to see how how they're doing and um yeah just uh, yeah I think I think it's just I think that's always really important to do that they don't feel on their own I think especially since you know the 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 the, the lockdown and um, people on their own and feeling a little bit isolated then um, yeah we're, we're, we're very much just a supportive bunch of people I would say. <laughs> nice so what I um, wanted to just ask you a couple of things now Vicky is like your sort of journey with client and, and business development real popular area that people want sort of advice and, and and people to share their their journey with. So I guess like what what was your biggest challenge with client development early on, would you say? Um I think initially it was just getting on the phone. It was um it was putting the call in. Um I, I, I remember as well perhaps being a little bit reluctant to talk to directors or managing directors and somebody said you know they, they, they put their knickers on exactly the same way as you do <laughs> you know they, they should be no different and now my area is just focusing purely on leadership and senior level appointments and I you know I I, I love it when I can speak to to, to a, a client at that level because I know it'll have a knock-on effect with everybody else as well um, so I think just initially the the, uh, the butterflies and 
the stomach about picking up the phone and making those sales calls initially. Um, but that's that's the job, and and there's no getting away from it. And um, the the uh, the work that you do with regards to a good sales call, there's no better feeling. I you know I, I love when it, winning a client round, and uh, yeah, there's been many instances where they've not been particularly nice initially. You keep going with it. You keep. Um, uh, being visible in their space, you keep keep at it, uh, and then they say, you know, yeah, let's let's have a conversation. It's it's great for me. So yeah. So so yeah, I think that's a quite common one, and I'm I was definitely guilty of that of putting clients on the pedestal, mm-hmm. and and it is the typical advice, right? Um, yeah, they put you <laughs> put your knickers on the same as you do or whatever, but it's it's just really remembering that they are human, and um, yeah. Go find them on Facebook or Instagram. You'll find that they're they're just people like yeah. like you are. Um, yeah. So I guess what um, you're talking about it there, like what um, people are always interested to hear, like how what's been the most effective way Vicky has managed to get the first meeting with, with clients you're looking to open up or start being in relationships with. What what's been the most effective way that you've been able to get that first meeting with with uh, target clients? Um, yeah, so it's 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 all about the impact and the engagement that you have, and that trust that they build, you can build up, um, and that's that comes with time. Um, and then by talking about the importance as to why you, um, they need to meet you, um, and and explaining those, then then that's when they get it, um, and that's when they think, oh, they t- Vicky's taking this seriously. You know, she really wants to 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 make sure that we we you know we find the right person, and and it's very much a we. And I want to you know us to work together as a team. Um, f- uh, for me, meetings. Um, I know we spoke about this before, but they're such an important part of the recruitment process. And and again, one of my favourite things is that you know you get that break away from the office. You really unearth that the issues that that person's got, um, or, or, or the, the 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 business has, or the type of person that they they are looking for it's just such an important part of of the whole recruitment process whether they've got a job or not you've got to be getting to know that those, those businesses to that degree um so yeah to 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 get them it's it's just constant contact with them getting their getting their engagement and that's being visible definitely in their space for sure what do you think is the most important Thing that like what when you think about right I've got to now this first meeting what do you think makes it a successful meeting uh, preparation without a doubt um looking at um what the business does um looking at the their LinkedIn profile preparing what you want to be talking about and very much going in from the very beginning that it's your meeting you take control of that meeting from the moment that you 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 step through the door um you know you're taking time out of your day not doing the the business development this has to make sure that you you know you get you're getting some um something on the back of it so um it's it's making sure you go in with that confidence that this is your meeting and this and this is going to be the agenda so it's it's definitely about preparation for me yeah and um would you say you've i, I know you should probably always re- prepare but like the good thing about if you really prepare is then you, you do build up a bit of a script right or you build up like a bit of a, a system of, of doing it I, I remember that that really helped me how get more out of the client meetings and actually it was as simple as preparing or really knowing what the agenda was right and actually when you have that initial moment sit down speak to them blah 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 and then you go 
right, so um, look, I haven't got on a formal agenda together, but this is what I wanted to achieve with our time together and actually really break it down and set the tone. Yeah. And yeah. Um, when you do that, it actually helps you remember what you need to cover and, and those types of things. So that, that's interesting that you shared that. So I guess um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you um, around this was, how have you had to? How have you approached business development over the the recent period? Because because it seems like that's been a, a real common challenge for recruiters. Like, what if you're just keep if you keep getting Vicky, we're doing this direct. Vicky, we're not hiring at the moment. Like, what I don't know. What how have you sort of made sure that you're staying front of mind, engaging these people, providing value? What what have you been doing over the last six to eight months that people could sort of benefit from that are listening to this that might be struggling? Um, well, what what I've really liked to do is um, by using video technology. So um, we use our draw. So it's very much um, not just the emails that may get lost in other messages, but it's sending those video messages through LinkedIn or or, or through email. But they actually get to see that that picture um, and. Uh, by offering something that's that maybe is a little bit different that a little bit eye-catching um business development is all about um at the moment um you know how are you finding things um you know it might not be that they, they're recruiting right now although this second lockdown seems to be that people have a little bit more confidence they've been through it before where they literally came to a screeching halt in march uh whereas now things seem to be ticking along in the background quite nicely still touch wood um um so yeah it's all about just making sure that 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 we're touching base that contact is still very much there um, you know, we're here to support them for what they need, uh, whether that's somebody on a short term basis, if it's just a, you know, they don't want to take anybody on a permanent basis, but it's just a contract or, um, you know, in terms of the volumes of applications, you know, it's taken us too long. Can you can you recommend two or three good people? So just really asking questions around their situation, how they're finding it, but also then being able to be there as a support for for, for um any vacancies that, that, that they seem to have at the, the time. And then just a real, real practical one here. And it's something that's ended up in my inbox a couple of times. What's, what's like Vicky's go-to sort of objection handle around the typical, sorry, Vicky, we've, we've got a PSL. Yeah. Um, PSL, God, those three little letters. Um, <laughs> It's um, it's actually something that's been brought up in a lot of role plays that we do or um, uh, sort of training situations. And I've had various different um, comebacks on the back of that. What I particularly like is that, you know, this business is taken recruitment seriously by, by having a PSL um, and that you work actually with a lot of companies that that. Um, that are outside that PSL you work you know you work and, and give them the best talent because you find that recruiters who are on these lists then are they getting a bit too complacent are they getting the best talent that's out there are they working as hard as they should be um, so it's love that you've got a PSL I love that you've taken the recruitment quite seriously um, and, and this is and this is how I work sort of thing so yeah the various different objection handlings for that but that's one I, I really like Okay, interesting. Um, so look, let I'd love to do sort of break down um, things around um, why Vicky managed to to achieve top biller status at Theo James. What yeah. what what um what's been your what's been your best year at Theo James billings wise? Yeah, if so, it was twenty twenty or it was before. Yeah, so um, this is our um, 
so in year five, it was my third year. And I've always increased, uh, improved my billings year on year. I always try, try to do that. My role changed that I was focusing on leadership and, and senior level appointments as opposed to um, the supply chain arena. So it was changing slightly and it was just getting momentum. And then March came. And literally, as I said, everything came to a screeching halt. My pipeline looked really, really healthy. So it was really frustrating. Um, yeah. So these are um, operations managers, um, commercial managers, up to director level roles. So um, it, we, we were starting to get some real headway there. It was it was it was going really well, and then um, as I said in March, came to a screeching halt. Everyone came home, and 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 actually, I, I secured um, a real good contract with a business that were making parts for ventilators. So their orders just went through the roof which was great and then um so we did all of their permanent recruitment so that I was having to to go back into to recruiting for for roles outside of leadership and it was you just got to get them filled I've got we've got yeah. people on furlough here um I really it was it was in the the spare room in 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 the house and I had the door shut and it was just I've just got to crack on. So every single job came in. I was just fill it. I was just making sure I was getting them filled. Um, so it was it was a, a great end to what's been just such a really rubbish year. Um, so there was a target of of winning a, a BMW i8 for a weekend. Uh, I managed to get that for the best quarter. Uh, I won a holiday to Vegas because I got top biller. So it's been great. <laughs> it's been really really good. Um, but for me, it was head down just got to get these jobs filled we've got to make hay while while the sun shines so yeah, yeah. um this was a great contract for us um uh yeah we uh, and and just worked really bloody hard to try and get these jobs filled so it's uh it was what it did was you finish on um well i mean the fees were a lot lower um because of the rules so it was about 145 i finished on oh. um but yeah it was uh it went a lot better than what it could have done. When I was sat in March, I was really panicking. Uh, yeah, and then right. it, it seems to have continued on, which is which is good. Um, getting back into to, to those leadership roles, everyone's now on. They're not they're not furloughed, which is great. But um, yeah, it was a busy no, it's time. Been, it's but been a really difficult, important. difficult. Yeah, right. I guess just a quick question around because you said like you've always increased your billings or pushed on, right? I guess how. How have you continued to how have you continued to motivate yourself to break your own records? Yeah, I always look at um I, I, probably again the last four years being an advocate of reflecting and reviewing those and, and making a plan of action for, for the next year or next quarter. It that that's been really key for me. So um uh, one uh, one occasion I looked at right what was my average billing um what was my average fee right well I want to increase that for next year um we've made a I, I think we've made a real conscious effort in terms of in, increasing the percentages that we're charging and that's something I'm a massive advocate of um you know we're, we're not working at these reduced fees um we're, we're, we're sticking by our guns we do a good job and we work really hard and this is what we're going to be doing and 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 training people where we stop a conversation, you know, the fee is going to be this, stop the conversation, don't start getting into the negotiation until you have to. So I think mm. so many people think, oh, well, this client's working with this this other agency for 12% and I want to be working with them. Well, well, no, stick by your guns. You've got a good, you know, you're good at what you do. 
they will come back round because if that you know if they they're happy to work with those discounted fees then they may get a discounted service so um really standing up for your terms and um and not just rolling over the first at the first time so that's so, been so, a huge success for me so 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 the part that's motivated you then is just i guess reflecting on there is that that can yeah, increase your billings, but you're but slightly yeah gaining marginal gains if that's the increasing average fee or whatever. And actually, at the end, that okay, that's interesting. Um, and, and and I think as well, um, we've done a lot more focus, and I, and I have um, in getting those retained assignments. Um, that that's been a, a big game changer for me. Getting those A grade jobs where they are exclusive, you've got a commitment fee up front, so you're not working for free. Again, that's something that we we do. I'm doing a lot more of, and as a company, we we need to be doing more of, and that 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 we just want to continue on doing. So, okay, in, interesting. Quick, quick one on that then. What what was the biggest obstacle or barrier you had to get over yourself to go? Because a lot of people think, what's the difference between continuing and retained and these things? So I guess what were the biggest barriers that you had to get yourself over to be more successful at closing those retained assignments? First of all, knowing your product. That was, uh, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to know what your offerings are and what, what, um, what the solutions are. So, um, you know, finding those pains out, ultimately asking the question we just weren't asking I, I wasn't asking the question uh you know going along with this contingency way of recruiting um is 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 all well and good but you know to get those retained assignments where they're, they're a grade jobs it's almost a guaranteed fee in in, in your pipeline I, I love being able to forecast and uh, you know accurately and being accountable for my figures and my pipeline so to be able to do that um a lot more accurately by getting these jobs was was just critical so you know it's it's just um getting over that because it, it isn't easy you know you've got to understand the, the I think the method behind it, but but at the same time you can overthink it it's not yeah. difficult the process should be exactly the same but just a lot more concentrated and the client's going to get a much better service so it's just it's just yeah it's just just actually making the time to think about yeah what your product is the the problems that you're solving and then and then actually asking the question and 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 explaining why um so something that people always want to hear about vicky is like how how has vicky's sort of daily routine and how you sort of how you structure your day changed from like early on um to to now right because i'm sure you've you've got that nailed down and you've got non-negotiables like tell us about what a typical day looks like for vicky and how you structure your day that you feel is Given you the best possible chance of maximizing each day the 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 big changer for me was we had trevor pinder um come into our uh into our office for a couple of days training which was great fun and he told us about the ivy lee so it's preparing um five or six things the night before in terms of what you want to achieve and by writing that down um makes you accountable it's in your mind as to what you're going to be attacking that day there's no worse thing. You sat at your desk and you don't know uh, your, your plan, who you're going to be selling to that day, um, you know, what jobs are you going to be looking at. So um, to do that the night before and uh, it sort of gets your mind thinking if you can prepare those lists as well previously, it's it's a real game changer, I, I think, um, that, that preparation. Um, yeah, it just gets the mindset ready. 
so, for so, when you start the next day. So preparing the day before, and then what? So break your day down a bit. Then so like so you prepared you prepared your day before. That's super key. And then you know what you need to focus on and, and what you're attacking the following day. Where what? So you said like what eight eight thirty? You check in with the team, and yeah. then what does the rest of your day look like? Yeah, it's at 8 to 8.30, I check in, uh, make sure that they're set for the day, find out what their objectives are. Um, 8.30 till 10, I'll be speaking to new candidates or people that have applied for jobs. Um, I'll also, during those conversations, not only ask for leads, but ask them to talk to me about who their best manager is for recommendations. And then 10 till 12, I'll be doing business development 12 till uh, 2, um, again, I'm catching up with the team to make sure that they are, uh, they've achieved part of what they need to do or if they need any steer in terms of what the afternoon's going uh, to involve. Um, and then, this then in the afternoon, uh, a bit more business development and then some job management. So um, if it's, I've got interviews um, that I'm, I've arranged where I'm meeting with candidates online um, or I've got meetings with clients. Um, so, yeah. Business development with with some job management as well. Um, I, I work till I work reduce hours till four and and, and have done um, since my second daughter was born. So she's thirteen now. Um, wow. So, but I'm constantly doing bits and pieces at, at home as well, which which um, is is just part of what I do. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll work I'll work to those hours. Love that. And then just a quick one on this, Vicky. What what's come up a lot when? Um, we've had um women on this show is like this sort of sort of dilemma that people can find themselves in where you have to you come to a bit of a crossroads where sort of vicky has to maybe decide around putting her career first or her family first right it's come up a lot as to whenever we've had people on this podcast and talking about why there is a lack of uh, female role models or lack of female leaders in recruitment businesses and typically, whenever we've had these conversations, it has um, led to, well, I was thinking about starting a family and I was really worried that that would just put my career on ice, basically, and I'd never be able to take it to where it was. So you were just talking about there where, yeah, you've had two children, obviously you had the first child at the beginning of your recruitment career. So I guess, like, how, how have you made sure that, um, I don't know, what's helped you make sure that your career stayed pushing forward as well as being a mum and, and raising two children yeah um really interesting actually um I always knew that I wanted I'm one of four uh, I always wanted two kids uh it took a while so uh to, to for us to decide I'm, I'm quite decisive <laughs> just make a decision um so George was was seven uh and then Chloe came along in 2007 so I returned back to work when the economy crashed wow. it was just the worst time uh I thought I'd lost it I thought I, really? can't, I thought I've, I've I've absolutely lost the knack of how to do this um many many tears um and and at the time, I really really respect um, my director who just that get that 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 tenacious attitude where we've got to battle through, we've got to carry on here, and what you know share information. There was meetings early on. Who are you working with? Are you talking to them? You know there were there were um, scary moments. Um, there was redundancies happening in the office. I hadn't been. Um, in an environment where that had happened before um and actually again I had a, a fantastic year I think I, I, I 
over 200,000 that year. And, and when we diversified, I did temporary and permanent recruitment because we just had to be that agile. We just had to, whatever the client needed support with, we just had to just get on and do. Um, but yeah, it was, it was scary to initially, I thought that, you know, I, I love this job and I feel like that time at that I had nine months off and I, um, I couldn't have come back at a worse time. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. What, what would your advice be if, like, because a lot of people talk about work-life balance, right, and stuff, and that's something that it seems like you, you've really um, achieved, it sounds like. Uh, but, like, I don't know, what, and I'm sure you have good, better days of it and worse days, but, like, what, what's really helped you make sure that Vicky, uh, the mother, hasn't missed those moments and you have um still kept your career on track and you've achieved that work-life balance i don't know if there's anything that you can share there that other people could maybe take away that can really help them achieve more work-life balance yeah um to begin with it was um it was a tough one it was a tough one to not just get get my head around as i said my, my two very good friends were, were that was the way that they were working so i kind of expected to be doing it um my husband's worked for nissan for 30 years so he's clocked on he's clocked off and that's it that's him done yeah. so um you know changing mindset not only for me but also in the in the family home to say i, I just need to do this I want to, but it's. I, I just need to do it. I can't let. I can't leave this till the next day. So there's definitely been instances where we've done that, and 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 obviously now through the years, it's just part and parcel of of what I do. Um, I'll never forget. I was driving in the car and I was taking some interview feedback, and I was taking Georgia to dancing or something, and uh, it was great. And I was able to offer the the job over the phone, and and uh, Georgia was very little at the time, and she would just walk walk around. You got the job. You got the job. <laughs> <laughs> like copying what what I said and uh, it was such a proud moment for me um she doesn't want to be in recruitment which is a real thing. <laughs> um but yeah uh, they've kind of grown up with this is this is what I do I don't let it impact my my um time with them um uh, ever too much I, I always make a conscious effort that I do what I need to do and then that's it um Mark uh, made a, a really good point that he he turns his phone off at six. That's a non-negotiable for him. And, you know, just putting my phone in the drawer for a Saturday uh, for a couple of hours, I, I really like. Um, you know, I've, I've actually come off so other social media and spent more time on, if I'm going to check anything, I'll, I might flick through LinkedIn or, um, you know, just make sure that it's worth my while. And, and that's, been, that's been really good for me. Um, if we're watching telly on the night time, my phone's away I'm not on it all the time and 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 just really being disciplined with that is is really important yeah that's awesome well um look Vic I've got five questions for you to end this <laughs> all right and uh yeah and then we'll, we'll I'm not real there. blonde is that one <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so it's the first question I have for you um is um if you could change the industry what would you improve I would really like to change people's mindset on what a recruiter does. I, I really get frustrated when we get, um, I was on holiday and I happened to mention what I did and I like the distaste, the, the distasteful look on, on his face. I was really, I'm, I'm proud of what I do and I love what I do and, and I, I was really, really upset by that. So that mindset, but also the mindset of people entering into recruitment that 
oh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it, it might be tough, but you can make lots of money. It's actually really hard and you need to have a really winning mindset. There's so many things that you need to have to be a good recruiter. Um, so changing people's mindset in terms of what we're about, I would say, would be the big thing that I would like to change. Love that. Um, so next question is, uh, what what book have you read that has had the biggest impact on you? And if you don't read, you can substitute that for podcast audio book or whatever but what what's what have you read or sort of in in your sort of um yeah what's had the biggest impact on you yeah I love this question because that's something I probably couldn't answer three years ago um I've I've, I've really concentrated I've really made an effort in in reading more um books around business um as well as actually other books as well um but for me what had the biggest impact was sumo so it stands for Shut Up and Move On, um, it, which is it, it's a, such a good book. And we now actually make everybody read it when they come into the business. So allowing yourself that hippo time when something doesn't go well, you can have that hippo time where, you know, you, you're fed up or, you, you know, you're down in the dumps, but then you shut up and you move on and you use that energy and you just crack on. So that, that for me had the biggest impact. I love that book. I love that. So what is it called? Sumo. Sumo, like that. Now, I haven't heard of that. Actually. That's, awesome. that's my accent. It's Sumo, S-U-M-O. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. So, next question. Um, so, if Vicky could write a LinkedIn post that could be seen by every single recruitment consultant across the world, what would you want it to say? About recruitment? Whatever. Like, if every recruitment consultant would see it, what would you want it to say? It could be anything. Um, probably a post that I did quite recently. And again, going back to what the advice that I give is be your own biggest cheerleader. Don't beat yourself up. You're good at, you've got a lot of, to offer. You're good at what you do and just go for it. Smile and just go for it. I like it. What, what did you spend your first biggest commission paycheck on? <laughs> Um, I, this is going to make me sound really materialistic, but I do like a Louis Vuitton bag. I do. I love them. I'm not going to lie. Louis Vuitton bag. Yeah. Lovely. Last question. What What's the ultimate goal for your recruitment career? My goal would be um, that that I get to it to, to be a director. That that is the end goal for me. And it's in sight and I will work and I'll get it and I'll achieve it and I'll work towards it. Vicky, it's been an absolute pleasure. You you too. Thank you for having me. Well done on making it to the very end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I've done my very best to try and level up this podcast that will hopefully mean that you can take even more learnings from these conversations and apply it to your own recruitment career. Like always, if there are any particular topics that you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. The best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. Send me a message. What would you love me to cover with future guests? And if you have enjoyed the podcast, then it would be amazing if you could leave a honest review in your favorite podcast streaming platform. That will simply mean that we're able to reach more people with this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and don't forget to subscribe completely free on your favorite podcast streaming platforms 
And we'll be back next week with a new episode of the Recruitment Mentors Podcast.